You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. very much for checking us out here if you don't like that i'm going to talk about some of the early season numbers from the nba and the sacramento kings that kind of jump out at me i like to go 20 25 games before i get a good read on a team but there are some early trends that i want to go over during this podcast this podcast is brought to you by new works plumbing of sacramento for your plumbing needs and repairs Make sure you get in touch with New Works Plumbing. They are available around the clock 24-7. They have got a fix for you. Go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. Remember, around the clock, they're available to you for every one of your plumbing needs. They've got a fix for you, so check them out online. Newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing couple of program notes on some other venues. Uh, today, Tuesday and Thursday, I will be on No Filter Network with Sean Salisbury. Today at 1 o'clock Pacific, on Thursday, 2 o'clock Pacific, and then each and every day, I do listen app, although I will not be available this Friday, but uh, you can check me out weekdays at 3 o'clock Pacific. Give me your calls, and we have a lot of fun talking sports. So I'm looking at the way the NBA game continues to be played, and it moves further and further and further away from the basket. And I really believe that the three-point shooting is hurting the NBA game. Uh, The way the game is played now, is not nearly as entertaining and as attractive, all right? I watch the game play, and I'm not crazy about it. I'm looking at some early numbers, and I'm looking at all the three-point attempts that are being made night in, night out. I mean, there are some games when you see teams shooting over 53 or over 53-pointers a game. And I'm looking at three-point attempts this year, and I'm looking at Milwaukee, leading the league going into this podcast, which was on Monday evening, with 285 three-point attempts. But their three-point percentage is nowhere near the top. They're not even in the top 10 in the league, shooting just 31%. And the Bucs are off to a very bad start. Second on that list, the Orlando Magic, they have taken 265 three-pointers. Now, their percentage is good at 36.6%, but think about that. 
They make a good percentage. They take the second most three-pointers in the league, and yet they only have one win. The other team that only has one win in the East that is absolutely awful, the Indiana Pacers, coached by Rick Carlisle. 257 three-point attempts, and guess what? They're not in the top 10 in three-point percentage. And then you look at Portland, Memphis, Utah, Dallas, Charlotte, the Knicks, and Boston. Interesting to me, Portland, the only other team in the top 10, Portland taking the fourth most attempts, and they are eighth in the NBA. Memphis, fifth most. They're not in the top 10, all right? Utah, best record in the West. They are sixth in attempts, not in the top 10 in percentage. And you look at the Knicks, who are off to a blistering pace in the Eastern Conference, ninth in three-point attempts, second with 40.7%. How about that? Shooting at a very good clip. And then the Boston Celtics are 10th in attempts, and they are not among the top 10 in terms of percentage. What does it all mean? Well, again, I need to see 20 or 25 games, but I think you've heard me say this before, and you might even have heard Jerry Reynolds talk about this. And I think Jerry is absolutely spot on when he talks about what would be a good fix for the NBA. He said, get rid of the corner three. And the next time you turn on a game or go to a game, look at the arc. Look at the three-point shooting arc. Where the three-point arc stops being an arc and turns into a straight line heading towards the baseline, get rid of that. In other words, that should no longer be a three-point field goal. It's too easy and it's too short for the NBA players. And I think Jerry, who first mentioned that, several years ago, is spot on. What about you? Do you like the way the game is being played now? It's just bombs away when you turn on a game. Seriously, it's just chuck up the ball, chuck up the ball, chuck up the ball. And if you get a night where collectively, you know, you're not shooting the ball well from distance, you really have little or no chance of winning unless you are a superior defensive team. How many times do you turn on an NBA game and say to yourself, wow, That's a really good defensive team. Not often, right? So to me, and again, I don't know what the league is going to do about this because each and every year there are more three-point field goals attempted, and I think it's bad for the game. So that's one statistic that I wanted to go over. Another statistic, and this has to deal with the Sacramento Kings, is point differential. Now, again, Point differential, I need more than five, six, seven games, okay? But there is an alarming trend if you are a fan of the Sacramento Kings because every year they have a bad point differential, meaning they allow more points than they score. And if you allow more points than you score, well, you're not stupid. You know that means you're not going to win many games. The Kings are off to a relatively good start through six games. They end their four-game road trip tonight in Utah. And let's just assume that they will lose that game. Although, I mean, they could win, but I'm just playing the, the statistics. That would put them at three and four. And that would also, in all likelihood, move them out of the top eight spots in the West. Currently at three and three, they are seventh in the West. But here is the alarming part of their season. Their point differential is minus 
2.8. Minus 2.8. As a matter of fact, the only other team in the top eight with a minus point differential, the Dallas Mavericks, and their numbers are extremely odd. The Mavs are 4-2, and two, but their point differential is 4.7 in the negative column. Utah, best point differential at 13. Golden State, second best at 7-8. Denver, plus 4-5. Minnesota, 3.8. The Lakers, 0.6. And Portland, plus 3.8. The Kings and the Mavs, the only two teams in the top eight with a negative point differential. And again, I've always found, and Jerry is the one that turned me on to this, and I always look for that. He thinks that is the real measuring stick. That's the real barometer to look at when you judge a team's record. Now, again, it's unfair to point out those type of numbers after six games. Those numbers will really prove to be truer after 20 games, when you get through one quarter of the season. But even though the Kings are off to a relatively good start at 3-3, three and three, and even if they lose tonight, their schedule has been very difficult, the point differential early in the season is an alarming trend because it is the same thing that we have seen pretty much every year since they were in the playoffs. And if your point differential is not in the green, if it stays in the red, you're not going to be a playoff team. Here's something else. If you are a Sacramento Kings fan, that is very disconcerting. De'Aaron Fox, through six games, is having an awful season. He's shooting only 37% from the field and a dismal, pathetic 17% from beyond the arc. His free throw percentage, which has never been good, his career is 71%. This year, through six games, is 61%. Now, I've heard rumors that his shoulder is bothering him, and I don't know what is bothering him and what is not bothering him, but what I do know is De'Aaron Fox is in his fifth season and is getting paid as if he were an all-star. The reality is he's not even close to being an all-star in the Western Conference. As a matter of fact, when you look at guards that were taking right around him in the NBA draft, either one year before or one year after, or if you just want to keep it in the same neighborhood, I mean, would you rather have Trey Young or would you rather have De'Aaron Fox? I think that's a very easy answer. Would you rather have John Morant or would you rather have De'Aaron Fox? Again, I think that is a very easy answer. I mean, I'm not saying Fox isn't a good player, although this year he is nowhere close to a good player. However, he is just playing horribly. Is it the fact that he put on all that muscle in the offseason or is it because he has a shoulder injury. If he has a shoulder injury, stop shooting the three-point ball so much, or, and I would say this about De'Aaron, the guy is a gamer, okay? He doesn't miss games unless he has to. The guy is always in the gym, takes care of his body. I mean, the guy's a professional. 
All right? So I, I want that to be very well known. De'Aaron Fox is a professional basketball player, and he cares about his performance. But if you're a Kings fan and you're looking at a team that is three and 3-3 three before the Jazz game on Tuesday night, you might ask yourself, how is it that the Kings have road wins against Portland and Phoenix, <coughs> excuse me, and, you know, New Orleans is a bad team, but how is it that the Aaron Fox has had a miserable start to the season, and yet the Kings are 3-3? Three and three? Do you look at that as a positive? I do. Or do you look at it because Harrison Barnes has been off to such a good start, and we all know one thing about Harrison Barnes. He is a very Jekyll and Hyde guy. We have seen Barnes go through stretches like this, and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, three weeks later, you're asking yourself, what the hell happened Barnes? Right? So, again, this is kind of his pattern when you look at his career. But the Kings, 3-3, three and three, Again, tonight will be their fifth road game, which I don't think is that big of a deal, and I'm going to tell you why. I don't think the Kings, since the Golden 1 Center is open, they're not a good team at home. You know, I don't consider that home court advantage anymore. It used to be, but it's not anymore. So the fact that the Kings are 3-1 and one going into tonight's game away from home and 0-2 and at home, I'm not really surprised. And in all fairness, they played the top two teams in the West at home, Utah and Golden State. But if you think the Kings are going to the playoffs this year, there are two things and two reasons why they're not going to the playoffs this year unless it changes. Number one, they're not going to the playoffs unless their point differential goes from red to green. And they're not going to the playoffs unless De'Aaron Fox starts to play well. Now, the Kings get a favorable schedule when they get back home. They take on a bad New Orleans team without Williamson. They take on a Charlotte team that is playing very well. They take on an Indiana team that's terrible. A Phoenix team that is struggling. And then they're at San Antonio, a bad Oklahoma City team, a bad Detroit team, and at Minnesota. So they've got a chance here to make up some ground. But they must, absolutely must, they must fix those two numbers. And the first one being the most important and point differential. You're not going to the playoffs if you're in the red. Not happening. If you got a minus sign next to the number, you're not a playoff team. It's that simple. And if you are looking at De'Aaron Fox, I don't know what the hell's wrong with him. I really don't. But he does not look like the same guy. So I'm going to just chalk it up and say he's hurt. I mean, what else am I supposed to do? I've watched him play, you know, ever since he came into the league. How is it that I look at De'Aaron Fox and go, ah, you know what, he doesn't have any injuries. He's got to, doesn't he? By the way, point differential, just for those of you that want to know, New York, Washington, Chicago, Miami, Charlotte, Philly 6th, Toronto 7th, and Brooklyn 8th. Not any of those teams have a negative point differential. All right? Think about that for a minute. All eight teams, none of them are in the red. And Atlanta, who's out of the gate slowly in ninth, has a plus 0.4. So don't don't ignore those numbers. Do not ignore those numbers. But I want to get back to what I was talking about 
at the beginning of this podcast. The three-point shooting. Why is it that the league continues to move the game farther and farther away from the three-point line? That can't be good for the league, is it? Do you think the vast majority of fans that turn on an NBA game like what they see? Huh? Do you think so? I'm just wondering how you look at the game. And by the way, now that we started a new week, I look at power rankings in the NBA, and ESPN.com has the Kings at 20th, saying Sacramento's unblemished road record took its first hit with a 105-99 loss in Dallas on Sunday, as if the 2018 NBA draft hasn't haunted Kings fans enough. The fact that Luka Doncic put up 23 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds, while Marvin Bagley picked up his fifth DMPCD out of Sacramento's six games this season, only punctuated the pain. And that gets me to Marvin Bagley. What are the Kings going to do with Marvin Bagley? What is it that they're going to do? They can't let him rot on the bench all year, can they? I mean, you you tell me, the number two pick in the draft, who at times has shown an ability to play in this league, and yet he can't get off the bench and into the game. So I ask you, what is it that the Kings need to do with Marvin Bagley? And speaking of Marvin Bagley, three people were at the game Friday night in Phoenix, told me that they were sitting in the same section as Marvin Bagley's dad, wearing a Kings jersey number 35. And yet these people told me, one, a very, very reliable source, the other two I don't know, was openly rooting for the Suns. He was absolutely rooting for the Suns, according to these three individuals. The one individual told me that he was high-fiving the Suns fans as they made their comeback run prior to Harrison Barnes hitting the game-winning three. How embarrassing is that? Seriously. Marvin Bagley in the stands, wearing his son's jersey, openly rooting for the Suns. I ask you, does it really get much worse than that? Again, I ask you that question. Brutal, huh? Absolutely brutal. But as I wrap up my NBA analytics session, and I hate analytics, I think that they are so overused in basketball, and I think that's one of the reasons why the game is so stagnant right now. I think that there are just teams have more analytic staffers than they have players. And, you know, there are those that think you can put your numbers into a computer And that's going to dictate how many games you win. It's asinine. It's stupid. Analytics is a useful tool, but it is only one useful tool. If you run your team solely on analytics, you are going to be a non-playoff team every single year. And I look at analytics, and I look at the three-point shot, and I say to myself, what the hell is going on in the league when I see teams shooting more than 53-pointers a game. 
is it? And I ask you, is that what you want to see when you watch the NBA? I, for one, do not want to see that. All right, let's get to our Crowd Ultra Q&A. If you want to ask me a question right here on my podcast, just go to CrowdUltra.com and just maybe I'll answer your question right here on the podcast. All right, let's get to the first question. Bryce asks, why would the Panthers be willing to trade Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson? Very simple, Bryce, because Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. That's why. And a running back as good as McCaffrey is, and he may be the best all-around running back in the National Football League, Deshaun Watson would make that team much better. Now, obviously, I don't know what the legal ramifications are for Watson returning to the football field. I don't have a crystal ball any more than you do. But if you're asking me, would I trade McCaffrey for Watson? I'll drive him to the airport. Deshaun Watson is a top-five quarterback, in my opinion, in the National Football League. I would trade for him in a heartbeat, assuming assuming I knew he could play, which I don't know. All right? And because of that, I would not make that deal. All right, Stephen wants to know, have you seen what Colin Kaepernick said about the NFL's draft process being like a slave auction? I've seen what was shown on Netflix And I've read a little bit, and to me, it's disgusting. I think it's appalling. I think it's disgraceful. I think it's absolutely embarrassing. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I think it is despicable comparing the NFL's draft process being like a slave auction. I think it's shameful. I really do. Duncan asks, what's your take on the whole Kyle Beach situation? No person, no human being should have their body, their space, violated, abused. Uh, I mean, it's awful. And and I wonder when you hear the stories from the recent U.S. gymnastics team, you hear stories like this about Kyle Beach, and you wonder how many other stories are out there that have not been uncovered yet that we don't know about that just make you cringe. Again, no one should ever be subject to to abuse or their body or space being violated. It's awful. I mean, my take is what I would think most people's take would be. Will ask, have you seen PETA wants the MLB to rename the bullpen to Armbarn, LOL? I didn't hear about the Armbarn part, but uh, PETA needs to uh, worry about things that are really important in their realm of work. All right? I mean, seriously. Again, we live in a woke society, and it is absolutely overboard and freaking ridiculous. And the fact that PETA even cares what the area where the pitchers warm up in is called, and the fact that they call it a bullpen, and they want the name changed, just makes people laugh at them. Spencer asked, do you expect the Bengals to make the playoffs at this point? I do. I do think that they will make the playoffs. You know, I think what happened on Sunday, that was a huge letdown. After the Ravens game, they ran into a guy in Mike White that looked like, you know, Johnny Unitas. And, I mean, that was incredible. 37 of 45, 405, three touchdowns. We'll see what happens now in a short week uh, for Mike White and the Jets as they play the Colts. But, yeah, I do think the Bengals will make the playoffs. 
Uh, Sean wants to know, is it justified for John Gruden to sue the NFL? Sean, you're asking me a question that I am not privy to answer. In other words, I don't know all of the facts and everything that happened behind the scenes. So is it justified if he files a lawsuit then I think it's justified, and he thinks it's justified, and that's all you need to file a suit. So I guess, as they say, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Casey wants to know, would you have accepted Devon Miller trade if you were the Broncos? Yeah, I probably would. How about the Rams now? Are you kidding me? Aaron Donald and Von Miller on the same field? That's a, that's a big-time move. Talk about a team going for it. The L.A. Rams going for it. That is a big time move. Mitch wants to know, do you think Melo is fitting in well with the Lakers? I haven't seen the Lakers play enough, Mitch, to answer that question. I I know they've gotten off to a bad start. So, I mean, is it Melo's fault? I'm not saying that. I'd have to see more. I got to see 20 or 25 games uh, before I can answer that. Uh, Grant Colby asks, have you heard about CeeDee Lamb continue to receive fines for different reasons this season. I, I have not kept up with uh, Lamb and his uh, fines. Has he been receiving a lot? He's a heck of a talent. That much I do know. Uh, Dominic asks, is Ron Washington a good fit for the A's manager opening? I've always loved Ron Washington. And I'll tell you this, the players speak very highly of Ron Washington. They really do. The players always speak highly about the you know, long-time baseball guy. And I say baseball guy because he's done it all uh, in baseball. Actually, I've never really heard a bad word from a player uh, about Ron Washington. But make no mistake about it, losing Bob Melvin to the Padres is a real big loss for that franchise. That's a big loss. I mean, you got to call it the way it is. You lose Bob Melvin? You know, the A's are so freaking cheap. How is it that you don't find a way to give Bob Melvin the type of money that he deserves to stay there? I mean, he wins every single year with that team when they have no business with the record. I mean, they are a good team, and Bob Melvin has a lot to do with that. I think that's a big loss for the Oakland A's. Always good to get your questions. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. It's time for Today's rant is brought to you by my good friends at Roy's Umbrella. Thinking of buying a home, looking to do a refi, make sure you get in touch with Roy at Roy's Umbrella. I had a conversation with Roy uh, last week about the changes that he feels are upcoming as it relates to home loans. He's actually seeing some signs that reminds him of 2007. What should you do if you have a lot of equity in your home? Should you do a home equity loan? Should you look at doing a refi and take some of that money out and put it into a savings? What happens if the market burst, the bubble burst like it did back in 07? Then what? Roy is really up on all of these things. He studies them, and he tells us that the rates are going to go back up, but He also tells you that property values will likely decrease. And the reason for that is new home starts are down 7.7% and foreclosures are increasing. He recommends right now a seven or 10 year variable and taking the cash out while beginning the process of getting the home ready to sell to strengthen your retirement goals. 
That's why Roy has come out of semi-retirement, because he wants to help warn folks of what's coming. Because, again, 2008 was terrible for millions of us here in this country. Go to Roy'sUmbrella.com. That's Roy'sUmbrella.com. Now to my rant. Can we at least wait 20 games before we start analyzing NBA games from top to bottom? And you Sacramento Kings fans may be the worst. You live and die on every freaking game. It's not the NFL where you only play 17 games a year. You're playing 82. All right? You're going to steal games. You're going to blow big leads and lose games. And that's just the way it is. All right? Your team is Jekyll and Hyde. You have to understand that. I talked about this on my podcast. The two alarming numbers right now are the point differential and De'Aaron Fox. Now, you can take a look at Fox and go, well, gee, the guy's been terrible through six games, but the team going into the Jazz game to end up their four-game road trip was 3-3, three and three, and you look at that as a positive. Look at it however you want, but let's give the guy and let's give the team 20 games. To me, the other big issue is Marvin Bagley. What the hell are you going to do with him? You got to let him rot on the bench? I mean... You got to move Marvin Bagley if you can move him, right? You're just going to not have him play the whole season? Then what happens when he becomes a restricted free agent? Then what? I mean, this is a mess right now. It's a mess. You got to do something with Marvin Bagley. I mean, if you're not going to play him, you got to figure out a team out there, get what you can get, cut your losses, and move on. But it doesn't do anybody any good to have him just sit on the bench game after game after game after game after game. And yes, I'm aware that injuries are going to happen, but still, it's a bad look and you got to move the guy. The worst look, though, is that point differential. Look at the teams currently in the top eight in their respective conferences. No teams in the East have a negative point differential and only two in the top eight in the West have a negative point differential. One being Dallas, which is hard to believe because they're four up and two down, and the other being Sacramento at nearly minus three. Not going to win. You're not going to win a lot playing numbers like that. They have to change. But again, Kings fans, NBA fans, can we at least get through 20 games before you jump off your rooftop? Thank you very much. And that's my rant for today. And that's my podcast for today. Don't forget to check me out. Later this afternoon on Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, I'll be on No Filter Network with Sean Salisbury. And on Thursday, we come your way at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific. And I have my live Listen App shows this week coming up today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Hey, always great having you here. Really appreciate your support. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts particularly, do me a favor, take some time, rate the podcast, and leave a review. And maybe I'll read your review on an upcoming podcast. Hey, make it a fabulous day, and thank you so much for checking me out here. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.